It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball with MLB insider John Heyman and former major leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. As the hot stove goes from warm to increasingly hot, welcome into Big Time Baseball. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside my partner, John Heyman. Uh, we have a, a, a really compact show for you today where, where we'll highlight some of the headlines in baseball. And we have a free agency talk plus what the trade market is. We have an, uh, a list, a player by player list of possible destinations for the upcoming free agency uh, as we get into the show. Remember, you can follow myself on Twitter at Tony Gwynn Jr. You can follow my partner at John Heyman. And now you can follow this show, Big Time Baseball, on Twitter as well. Follow us at RDC underscore BTB. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Big Time Baseball on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. John, how are you today, sir? I'm good. How are you doing, Tony? I'm doing well, doing well. It seems like this uh, warm stove is starting to get a little hotter. We'll get into that later in the show. Let's start with the headlines, though, and I think uh, the biggest headlines really heard around the world. Uh, Kim Ang uh, is the first female GM in American sports history. I uh, had the uh, pleasure of of uh, being in the Dodgers organization as she was in her last year there, got to meet her a few times. Uh, certainly more than qualified, and she's been more than qualified for quite some time. It's been a long time coming, John. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Tony. Yeah, and I, I covered her when she was in New York as an assistant GM. Uh, if you look at her resume, but by the way, I, the reaction has been overwhelming on Twitter yeah. and all sorts of social media, as she alluded to in her press conference, uh, her initial press conference with the Marlins. Uh, it's really been something uh, quite an inspirational hire. So let's give Bruce Sherman and uh, Derek Jeter uh, credit here. Give them the props that they deserve. Uh, I'm with you. She is not only qualified, but overqualified. You look at that resume, assistant GM with the Yankees, the Dodgers, as she put it, two of the most storied franchises, maybe the two most storied franchises. Started with the White Sox under uh, Dan Evans, who then was with the Dodgers. Um, I mean, it is a little bit, in a way, surprising, although maybe not, that she hadn't gotten a job until now. I think it was great news around the game. And uh, she certainly has the connections, uh, very close with Joe Torre, with Don Mattingly, with uh, Ned Coletti, uh, people around the game. And the resume uh, is really off the charts, so clearly uh, qualified. And I'm, you know, I'm a little surprised at myself. I Luckily, somebody called me 10 minutes before they were announcing it, uh, so I knew that it was going to happen. But why I didn't think of it, of course, Jeter was going to pick somebody he knew and trusted, um, and she was close to that part of the Yankee organization, the Jeter-Mattingly-Tory 
group and uh makes perfect sense and um you know she's got an interesting job though uh you know it's not like the yankees and i I saw a question in the press conference about this not like the yankees and the dodgers uh, being in charge of the marlins uh not that she won't be able to adjust to a different budget but uh the marlins obviously uh, do not have the kind of spending power uh, of the dodgers and the yankees or even the white Sox. no they don't and you know what's interesting uh, about kim is you know her name was popping up a lot early 2010 2011 and then it just kind of went quiet once she took the major league baseball job under the joe tory uh you really haven't heard a lot from kim ang so it's it's a welcome surprise, at least in my opinion, that uh, she's going to take over a Marlins team that has already shocked the baseball world this past season, yes. doing as well as they ha- as as well as they did. And now uh, I think they get a more than qualified uh, uh, GM uh, to take take the reins and guide this organization, hopefully into their uh, their next destination. Now the other big story, John, is Tony Larusa. Uh, he, he obviously was hired by the White Sox a few days later. Um, the, a DUI pops up that happened, I believe, in February, January or February of early this year. And uh, people are kind of looking at the White Sox a little sideways right now because uh, clearly this is something you would think uh, the organization knew about prior to hiring them, yet they still did. And uh, they're taking a lot of criticism for it, John. Yeah, they absolutely are. And, you know, I, I understand it. Um, you know, I've seen others have been even certainly much more critical than I have been about this. I understood the hire. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, a very loyal guy and a guy who uh, loved La Russa. La Russa did the winning ugly in 1983 uh, team for him. And then Reinsdorf has always said that uh, his greatest regret in sports, not breaking up the Bulls, mind you, but firing Tony La Russa in 1986. And of course, La Russa went on to six World Series with other organizations, the A's and the Cardinals, three times winning the World Series. And Reinsdorf kind of wanted to make amends for that 34 years later. And nothing was going to stop it. He knew about it. They said he knew about it. I certainly believe that he knew about it. So I I don't see this changing. I know that people are talking about how they're taking a wait-and-see approach. And maybe that's (laughs) true true to a degree, but I don't really think that there's much chance that he's going to change his mind on Tony La Russa. Yeah, no, the wait and see approach has nothing to do with, in my opinion, at least whether he is going to be fired from a job. It's just a wait right. and see how bad the situation uh, will be for Tony. I got to say, John, uh, the hire, the, the uproar of the hiring bothered me a little bit because mm-hmm. um, listen, I'm not, I'm no big Tony La Russa fan. I put that out in front before I proceed, but uh, it just seems like a this uh, the hiring was ba- the the ups the people who were upset about the hiring seemed to be more upset that he was older in age taking over a young team, which doesn't seem really all that fair. Uh, I mean, you, we saw the job Dusty Baker did. It's not as though um, men who are older can't relate. Now it makes it a little bit more difficult to relate to the younger player, but we've seen many cases in which. Uh, it has. And, and the other thing that has bothered me a little bit, and this might be just my opinion, it some of the reporting seems a, a little personal. And, 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 you know, in a day and age where journalism, journalists aren't really trusted as much as we would like them to be, uh, I don't think this helps the these type of matters. So it, it's, we're all going to have to sit back and kind of see how this unfolds. Certainly, 
the DUI is yeah. is more than fair to be reporting on and 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 going after because that's a serious matter. But uh, it just seemed a little more personal than than I think it should have been. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm not sure, but I, I think that's an interesting observation on your part. It certainly has been very strong. Um, you know, you're right. The DUI is a very serious situation, especially since he is a repeat offender. Um, it does seem a little strong. I will defend the media. I think that the media has been under attack unfairly uh, in yeah, some no circles. Uh, you know, uh, you know, this is more in, in terms of politics probably than baseball. But, um, you know, I think the media generally tries to get the story right and uh, nobody wants to be wrong. It doesn't make any sense to want to be wrong or, uh, you know, uh, obviously there are entities that are slanted one way or the other to some degree. But, uh, you know, I think the, the general attack on the media uh, has been unfair. LaRusso has been in the game a long time. So opinions have been formed. Some yeah. people love them. Some people don't love them. I'm with you that an older uh, manager can relate to players. Depends how he operates. There certainly are positives here. I mean, this isn't just hiring an old friend. He is in the right, Hall of Fame right. for a reason. Um, you know, he, he was into the numbers game before it was even called analytics and a very smart guy with a law degree. And, uh, you know, he certainly has some huge positives. Also speaks Spanish. It doesn't hurt where the team's core is uh, largely Latin, at least from the position player standpoint. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't judge that he's not going to be able to relate to the players. He certainly related to some quirky but great players with the A's, with Ken Seiko and Henderson and some of the others, and uh, you know Dave Stewart's one of his best friends to this day. Um, you know, I, part of it is some of the opinions he's had out there uh, run a little bit to the conservative side, and uh, certainly some of the writers. Uh, and in this, in some cases, Larusa has kind of admitted uh, that he might have been wrong. You know, uh, in terms of the kneeling for the uh, uh, national anthem, and uh, he's kind of tried to write that a bit and uh, you know it's it's an interesting hire and we'll see how it goes uh, you know he's not the first guy in his 70s to be hired I can't tell you exactly how old Casey Stengel was hired when he started right. with the Mets in 1962 but he certainly in the pictures uh, looked like he was rather elderly uh, and uh, he was coming off of a what some people saw, and this was before your time, Tony, but uh, an abomination in the 1960 World Series where he saved uh, Whitey Ford to pitch at uh, Yankee Stadium where lefties performed. And, of course, uh, you know, he pitched basically, I don't have in front of me, but shutouts in two games and didn't, wasn't available to start Game 7. And uh, that series was, uh, you know, the, the Yankees were a much better team and got killed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know... Obviously, Dusty Baker is in his 70s, was a player for La Russa with the A's. Uh, he's a terrific manager doing a great job. Uh, and I don't just say that because he was our first guest. But, um, you know, so I think uh, we'll see how Tony does. It's been nearly a decade since he managed. And uh, I get the criticism to a degree, but I'm with you. Uh, it does seem over the top in some cases. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I think uh, one thing that can quiet all the noise that we know for a fact over time of being around this game and really all sports is winning. You win, this stuff kind of quiets down and, and people let you go about your business. All right. Yeah, uh, let, and he let, has a great team. He has a great team. And, so he has yeah. an opportunity and he'll be able to prove whether he can win. If he starts losing with that team, uh, you know, the critics it's going to be swift. Out. 
Yeah, it's going to yeah. be swift, too, if they're losing early. Uh, let's talk about the qualifying offers, because I, I don't know that there were some surprises, but I think there were people who were surprised by some of the moves, particularly Stroman and Gossman. Now, I look at both of these two individuals, and uh, you look at the market and what uh, is ahead of them. I just I think both of you and I will agree that there was no 18-5 or 18-6, whatever the number ended up being, mm-hmm. out there for them in a multi-year deal. No way. Not, yeah. not in a one-year deal, not in a multi-year deal. And <laughs> right. we, we talked about the qualifying offer for weeks on this show, and uh, we, we were understood that Bauer, Rio Muto, Springer, LeMahieu were going to get it and we're going to turn it down. Uh, Stroman, uh, you know, Bob Nightingale brought, brought it up on our show uh, that he might get it, and uh, that surprised me. And Gausman, I never saw that coming until that day when they gave it to him. Um, I was shocked at both. Obviously, the Giants were very good the previous year where they gave it to Will Smith, the reliever, and he ended up getting multi-year somewhere else, and they got a draft choice. And the Giants are one of those teams with great revenues, and they're able to take chances like that. Um, you know, To me, this is going to be a major overpay on this market. Um, 18.9 is actually technically the exact amount. It's a lot of money either way, whatever it is, but it's close to $19 million. Stroman, uh, same thing. I, you know, to me, that's an error. Uh, and I understand Steve Cohen let the previous regime decide it. You can believe that whether you want to or not. Previous regime was the one who acquired him in trade. They obviously love him. Uh, you know, there was not going to be anything like that for Stroman out on the market. And the interesting no. thing for me for Stroman is now returning to the team that he, and again, we have no issue with somebody opting out, but he rehabbed until he got the certain for the days until he got the service time to become a free agent. Then he became a free agent. And he said, now he's opting out. Now you, you can look at that as he just decided to make that decision at that moment. Or if you're on the team, I wonder if some of the guys are going to feel a little bit strange about that, that he didn't join them. Uh, you know, why not opt out immediately other than he's now a free agent and now the, he gets the money. One thing Stroman too, before he, he said that he was going to take the 18-9. He got in a shot at Tony LaRussa and how he wouldn't play for them. I should have taken that as a hint, like, I'm staying with the Mets. You know, if, I, yeah. if I'm eliminating teams publicly, uh, I'm staying with the Mets. I mean, I, I don't know. That was a, I don't know, pretty opinionated call for somebody on another team uh, to me to make. And he, I'm sure he knew at that point he was going to take the 18-9. The Mets are filled with great characters on that team, guys with great character. And I think they'll accept them with open arms. But I, I'm sure that some of them are wondering, you know, he only rehabbed till he got the service time. Uh, you know, we'll see how he does. Like you said, winning and performing well can cure a lot. But uh, I think this is going to be a curious fit uh, going back to the Mets now. And, uh, you know, you wonder if it hampers them looking at some of the uh, other free agents that they've got $19 million for what in my mind is a number four starter. Uh, but, of course, it is Steve Cohn, and as any Met fans, including our producer, Dylan Burns, Dylan will tell you uh, they love having him, and they're, they're they're happy to have Steve Cohn, and they figure that he can afford anything. Yeah, no. I, I tell you what, in, in regards to Stroman, I think he has some cover. And, and here's why I think uh, when you opted out in a 2020 season under these circumstances, it's going to be tough for teammates to, to really uh, question you, even if you opted out in – uh, under the circumstances in which he did. The other thing is, I, I think it actually, by him taking this deal, it gives a little bit of credence to him opting out and him opting out in a uh, 
above board manner. You know, I, it, it leads me to believe that he probably there probably was something there that made him want to opt out. Uh, but him going re-upping and going back, even for the year, I think uh, signals that he's yeah. ready to move forward with his okay. team and, 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 and hopefully uh, help them win some ball games because you got new ownership now. And, and and he seems to be all in on get, turning this Mets team, uh, this Mets organization around. Yeah, you know what? I think that shows the dichotomy in our personalities there. I'm rather cynical <laughs> and you're a very nice guy, very sweet guy like your dad. And uh, maybe you're right in this case. I, you know, I'm not sure, you know, how they'll respond. I'm not sure yeah. what his motivation was. I'm just speculating and I'm sure, I'm sure he doesn't love my speculation and he'll They'll probably tweet about me, and I'll be in the Larusa category. But uh, you know what? Um, you know we should give. I should give him the benefit of the doubt. So you're, you're, I'm learning from you, Tony. No, I, I, we're learning from each other. We're learning okay. from each other. All right, let's let's move into uh, let's move into the insider. And uh, you always keep us buttoned up here with uh, good info. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts going on right now, uh, John. But not only in the front office, but also on the field and. The two teams that come to mind are actually division rivals, uh, both with empty seats in the GM uh, area, and that's Philadelphia, New York. What are you hearing on those those fronts? All right. With, with the Mets, uh, Mike Hill, obviously uh, the GM of the Mar long-term GM of the Marlins before Kim Eng, uh, is now the GM, um, is was the one that we know of that had an interview, Andy Martino from SNY, the Mets station, I had that information first, and that is confirmed. I heard the interview went well. Does that mean he's getting the job? I'm not sure. It seems like the Mets are going to hire a president and a GM. Hill would be in that president category with his experience. Um, you know, I think he's put the Marlins in a pretty good position, even though it didn't work out with him and uh, Jeter. Uh, from what I understand, uh, the there were negotiations. Um, Jeter made him an offer. My understanding, it was far, far less than he had been making, and uh, Mike said he would like to think about it. He gave him a little time and, uh, you know, they weren't able to come to a deal. And so now he is out there. Uh, we know he was uh, considered with the Angels. Uh, and for the fourth time in a row, the Angels went with somebody without any experience. And maybe that fits them. You know, Artie Moreno is a big player there. The Mets uh, as a, are a team that's going to be able to spend. So they presumably spend on the front office. Um, you know, I think he would be a good hire if they go in that direction. We don't know yet whether they will. The other big names that have been mentioned out there, uh, two of them I think really are very unlikely uh, to go to the Mets. One would be uh, Dave Forrest, the uh, general manager of the A's. I mean, he's a Californian through and through, uh, I believe from Santa Monica, but uh, he's been in California other than his years to go to Harvard. Uh, I'd be shocked if he left. Uh, Oakland, obviously, uh, they're in a tough spot right now uh, in terms of uh, finances. Uh, Billy Bean is uh, likely leaving to help run the Red Sox uh, in terms of the ownership. And uh, I just don't see Dave Force leaving at this point. Chris Antonetti, same thing with the Indians. Uh, he's pretty well ensconced in Cleveland uh, uh, due to family and does a great job there and a great relationship with Jacobs, the owner. Uh, I'm not seeing that. Uh, two names with experience. I, I wouldn't be shocked if there was some consideration there. Is one is uh, David Stearns with uh, Milwaukee. He's done a very nice job with the Brewers, a small market situation, uh, a New Yorker, um, and uh, another Harvard man, which uh, Alderson will appreciate as he is also a Harvard graduate. Um, and then uh, Mike Chernoff, uh, 
uh, who is the Indians uh, GM. So he works under Antonetti. He loves his situation in Cleveland, everything you hear. But, uh, you know, he could move for the president job potentially uh, if that were offered him. And you hear rumors of interest there. Um, we shall see what they will do. Um, I do think diversity is an issue with them. Obviously, uh, when they cleaned house, Omar Manaya is now out. Uh, and uh, Jared Banner, uh, who's African-American, had a big role in the Brody Van Wagenen um, tenure. It was out, uh, as was everybody else. You know, they were all out, but they had a pretty diverse staff. So uh, that's something that's going to be of interest, I think, to the Steve Cohn and Sandy Alderson. Uh, but they've got a blank slate, pretty much a blank canvas. They can do what they want uh, there. Um, and then, of course, uh, should I talk about Philly now, Tony? Philly, yes, Philly's please. got a lot of interesting stuff going on there. Um, you know, well, I think the reason they seem confused is they're not sure what they want to do. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Andy McPhail's the president, but he's kind of made clear that you know he's got a year to go and he's probably going to retire. So, do they let him make the hire, or do they go for somebody big now who supersedes McPhail? I, you know, I just don't sure what they want to do. Uh, they have Ned Rice in there as the GM now, very, I think, capable young guy. Uh, but, um, you know, I think there's been public reaction about how the team has done the last few years. He's been an assistant under Clintac. I mean, he wasn't making the call, so I don't know if he can be held accountable. But the consideration has been to keeping him or looking. And it now appears, according to Jason Stark of uh, The Athletic, they're going to do a little looking around. I have heard, and this is speculative on my part, that they have interest in Theo Epstein. Uh, that would probably be a year away. I mean, it possibly could work uh, with McPhail now, and I wouldn't rule out anybody letting anybody leave. Uh, Theo Epstein obviously has a big salary. The Cubs seem to be uh, considering their finances. So uh, that's a rumor that I've heard. I mean, I've also heard they're interested in Eric Neander, who did a terrific job. And was yeah. on big time baseball with us, and uh, makes sense. They, you know, obviously the Rays have overachieved on a tight budget, and so those are the two kind of big names I, I've heard that people haven't really discussed. But obviously, out there are Dan Duquette, who's got a connection certainly to Middleton. Uh, both went to Amherst. Um, Jim Hendry, who has that connection to Andy McPhail with the Cubs, and I've heard a little bit of a Colette, Ned Coletti, Brian Sabian combination there. Obviously. Uh, they did well with uh, very well with San Francisco. Coletti uh, was the GM of the Dodgers under difficult circumstances with Frank McCourt. And uh, Sabian obviously has a good rep. And the other guy I heard was uh, Josh Burns, who's part of the Dodger regime, which is obviously doing pretty well right now with winning the World Series. So uh, a lot of big names. Uh, and I should mention, I mean, there have been a lot of names out there. Uh, J.J. Piccolo, uh, who's been assistant GM for Dayton Moore with Kansas City. Uh, his name has been out there uh, as a potential GM hire for Philly. So lots of names out there. We don't have anything concrete right now. It's kind of early in the game. Listen, two things. Uh, on the Philly front, I think um, naturally uh, an organ you tend to see when teams are, are buttoned up from the top down, there's a lot more success to be had. And it just seems like Philly's kind of been on the fence in terms of having everything buttoned up at the top. And uh, it just it, and once they do that, I think this team as uh, as well positioned to take off. It's just a matter of if they'll do that. Another thing is uh, if uh, good things tend to happen to organizations that find their way on big time baseball. I can go down the list You're of right. the guests that we've had, and they all had uh, different uh, amounts of success, but 
they have had success to come on the show. So if you're out there listening and you're the <laughs> Phillies or any of those teams, get on Big Time Baseball. I promise good things will happen to you. Um, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, look, uh, we had Neander on. We had Dave Roberts yeah. on. Uh, Don uh, Mattingly. Mattingly. It seems like everybody we, we had on made the playoffs. And, uh, you know, and some of them advanced to the World Series. And, uh, look, even Manfred, they made it through the season. Yep. That was a plug. So, <laughs> Uh, everybody did well. And I, one more name I should mention with Philly is obviously Mike Hill, who interviewed with the uh, Mets. And I'm speculating to some degree here, but, uh, you know, I think any t- big market team that's got an opening is going to consider him. I'm very partial to Ned Coletti. I, I, I really, really uh, enjoy Ned and being around him, having uh, playing underneath him in the Dodgers organization. I know yeah, he's he, he's. He's just leaving his uh, his his analyst job here in L.A., so who knows what's to come for him, uh, but I'm certainly pulling for him as yeah. well. He, he's as I am he's all a character. He right, is. he's absolutely a character, and I think he started his career in Philly as a sports writer. So I, I pull for anybody who was a sports writer first. Not that yeah. I'm going to do that route, but <laughs> uh, good for him that uh, he, was a sport, he was a PR guy with the Cubs. He was a sports writer in Philly, San Francisco assistant GM, and the Dodgers GM, and then an announcer, uh, and he's actually a professor at Pepperdine. I was, I yeah. did a, a Zoom with his, uh, his his class one time. I don't know how impressed they were with me, but I think they like him a lot. So, um, you know, he would be a logical fit. That Coletti Sabian pairing has been successful, and uh, I think that could be a consideration for them. Yeah, he's, he's kind of cut from that Mike Rizzo cloth a little bit. They they have very they have very similar. Uh, uh, right personalities to well me. it's a chicago thing i think you know? it, 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 they're, i think they're you're tough right chicago you're guys right. who grew up uh coletti grew up in uh a very you know middle class uh part of chicago just near the airport and uh you know he's got a tough chicago presence to him which is yeah. i think a plus yeah it, it is all right uh listen john there there are plenty of big time players uh, who will probably be wearing new uniforms next season, most of them free agents, which I know you guys listening will get to in a minute. I promise we'll get to the free agents here in a minute. But what about the trade market? Are, are there significant trade rumors floating around uh, that you're picking up on right now? Well, every week I'm going to probably uh, update my thoughts on Arenado and Lindor. I mean, they're both clearly out there. Lindor, I think, is almost sure to be traded somewhere Arenado, uh, probably a good chance of it. He's got an opt-out in a year. Lindor is a free agent in a year. And I mean, Cleveland uh, just can't afford to keep Lindor uh, long-term. Arenado is already under contract, but has that opt-out. So, um, you know, I I wouldn't say that he's the 90% to be traded that I would get put on Lindor. Uh, but, you know, he's clearly out there uh, on the market. Arenado, um, there, you know, there are teams uh, that make some sense. Obviously, the Dodgers have an opening at third base right now. I do believe that Turner will be the answer, and that's the route they're going to go. I don't think they'll move Seager, so I don't see the Dodgers for Lindor. Seager was the MVP of the LCS in the World Series. Uh, They're not moving him. I don't believe the third base. That's my feeling at this moment. And so uh, Arenado, who's from Southern California, would fit there. The Mets. You know, we've talked a lot about Lindor with the Mets, but Arenado, some people think he fits better. And, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if the Jays moved Bichette to third base. That one they could do. Big star of the future, but uh, could be played third. I mean, I'm excuse me, uh, he would be at short still. They could go either route there with the Jays. They could move him to right. third and look at a shortstop Lindor, or they could keep him 
at short and get Arenado uh, for third. So I could see the Jays doing going either route for Arenado or Lindor. They, their people, uh, Shapiro and Atkins, who run that organization, both came from Cleveland. They made deals with Cleveland before. Um, that one for Donaldson, trading him that way, and I could see them uh, making the trade for Lindor. It does feel like the Jays are going to do something big. There aren't a lot of teams that are going to spend big, so if you find one, you got to figure they're going to do something big. Uh, and there are a lot of teams out there. They're looking at shortstop. Certainly, Philly with Gregorius, a free agent, is a p- potential for Lindor. The Mets have two shortstops, but they have an owner with uh, who's well healed, and I do think that's a possibility for Lindor. The Angels lost Simmons. Um, pitching is going to be their number one thing, as their new GM Perry Manasian said. But Lindor would fit the Angels as well. I saw that John Morosi uh, from MLB.com. Uh, had mentioned St. Louis as well as Philly and some of these others for Lindor. Uh, you know, they have the young uh, that might surprise me a little bit, but, you know, I'm not ruling anybody out. Lindor is one of the best in the game. So even teams with a shortstop uh, could do it. Uh, St. Louis obviously has the shortstop. The Jays have a shortstop. The Mets have a shortstop. They could do it. I mean, obviously Philly has an opening. The Angels have an opening. Uh, Cincinnati's going to be looking for a shortstop. I'd be surprised on Lindor, but look, they did trade for Bauer when he only had a year and a half to go, so not going to rule it out. They same team, Cleveland and Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, San, San Francisco is another team that I've, I've heard is going to might do something big. So, uh, you know, obviously they have Crawford, but uh, he's only got a year to go before free agency. And, um, you know, they're going to do something big. Lindor, I would say other people make more sense than Lindor, but I would keep them on the board for Lindor as well. Yeah, anytime you're dealing with a a the type of star of Lindor or Arenado, uh, you could throw all your regular thought process out the window if you can add a piece like that. What about uh, what about Sanchez of the Yankees? He, he seemed I've heard his name pop up a few times right. as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we as we said uh, here, uh, the Yankees uh, looked at uh, are looking at Molina. Yadi Molina and, and probably several other catchers. So uh, yeah, they were very disappointed. Now they didn't, uh, Gary Sanchez didn't live up to his potential this year, but not didn't even live up to previous years. Uh, it was a rough year for him offensively. Offense has been his calling card. Uh, he might've improved in some aspects defensively, but he had a rough year. Uh, so he's, he's out there on the trademark as the New York post mentioned, but uh, I, at this stage you're, you're selling as low as can be. So, I'm not sure there's much of a trade market. Um, you know, if they do trade him, they won't get much for him. Yeah. Uh, is he a non-tender candidate? You know, with the Yankees, that might surprise me a little bit. But uh, off the year that he had, if you just take out forgetting the previous years and the talent, uh, you know, he and a lot of other people are probably non-trade, non-tender candidates this year. Uh, so I, I would not be shocked uh, either way on that. All right, let's finally get into the meat and potatoes, the part that everybody's been waiting for. Uh, let's talk about the free agency. There, there's a ton of, of of free agents. I wouldn't say there's that many franchise-altering free agents this year compared to the past couple seasons, but nevertheless, there's some pretty good players out there that uh, can make a difference on the team. Let's start with uh, JT Riamuto. Absolutely. Fantastic player. And look, any team, uh, no matter who is catching, could probably clear for Real Mudo because he's arguably, in my mind anyway, the best catcher in the game all around. Uh, got just incredible skill set in terms of running, even, and throwing everything else. 
Um, last I'd heard, the Phillies were a little bit discouraged about their potential to keep him and might go the McCann route and might even look at Bauer um, as something, some other way to spend the money. Um, you know, obviously the Mets, they don't have a catcher. They have an owner now with the uh, uh, big bucks. And, uh, you know, I got to say that the Mets got to be the favorite there. Uh, I had heard the Nats earlier, and then I saw somebody reported Nats this week. Potential for Real Muto is there. I can see that. So three teams from the NL East. Um, you know, obviously uh, the Yankees are dissatisfied with the Sanchez. Uh, that would be interesting for them to look at, at Real Muto. Um, they are not expecting to spend big bucks this year, and they have to resolve the LeMayu situation. So I wouldn't say they're a favorite, but I'd uh, keep an eye on it. And like I said, could be any team for Real Muto because he, he improves any team. All right, let's move to newly crowned Cy Young Trevor Bauer. Where 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 are you hearing on his front? Yeah, and I did vote for him. Uh, I don't. How many votes? Oh, you did, can finally reveal I that. Can reveal I tried, that. Yeah, I, I tried didn't. to squeeze that out of you earlier, <laughs> but it didn't work. Yeah, no, I always pick the correct one. Uh, that's one thing about me. <laughs> I actually had it in order. Uh, not that that's the right answer. And believe me, when I tweeted my picks, uh, I got about a hundred people ripping me for my dumb picks and. Uh, my order was exactly as they finished. Bauer yeah. one, Darvish two, and I thought Darvish had a pretty good case, but I had Bauer one, Darvish two, Degrom three, Lamet. I had four, and I had it was close for me between Degrom and Lamet, but I went with Degrom, and I had Freed five. Uh, Freed, Freed, I thought had a pretty good case to be even higher because yeah, uh, yeah. he had the toughest schedule. Uh, I had that same quandary last year where uh, Ryu had a much tougher schedule than DeGrom, and uh, DeGrom had actually faced the Marlins. When the Mar- before the Marlins became great last year, uh, DeGrom had faced them seven times. I still went with DeGrom with Ryu second, and that's, did how, that's how it finished also. Uh, I'm good at predicting how it's going to finish, I guess. But uh, in any case, Bauer, he has agent Rachel Luba is out there already talking about teams, so she's out there. And uh, there come some of the obvious teams. Uh, the Mets, uh, I think even Sandy Olerson had mentioned it. I, I know they're looking at pitching. Uh, even after getting Stroman back, uh, that would be quite a big expense for them, but they can afford it. So I would say the Mets are in there. The Angels need pitching. Uh, Perry Manasian, the new GM, mentioned that out loud. Uh, uh, Bundy did a nice job, but uh, they need somebody at the top of that rotation so that makes sense. The Jays, we've talked about, they've got money to spend. They could try to do it. Uh, they certainly are on the come. Nice improvement last year, and they're looking to get even better. Giants, another team that can afford it, and uh, I could see them going for them. Uh, they might want to wait till some of their contracts are off the books, but uh, he could fit there. And as I just mentioned, Philly, uh, depending on what happens with Real Muto, could be a player for Bauer, but uh, obviously – He's an ace. I don't believe he's going to do a one-year deal. Maybe at one time he liked that idea. We'll see if he actually uh, goes through with it. But uh, I think he'll do better with a long-term deal uh, this year than a, than a offer that deserved Cy Young win. So uh, yeah. I don't believe he's going to do a one-year deal. Now Trevor is already out uh, trying to finesse his way into owner's heart. I saw the the brilliant comment he threw at uh, Steve Cohen 
uh, yesterday. So he he's already what started. Did he say? I missed that. What did he yeah, say? I, he basically said that he praised the the Mets owner as brilliant. And, uh, <laughs> I think if you're trying to get max dollars, okay. that's the best way to go about uh, it. Well, so. I don't know. This maybe this is why I haven't gotten so far in life. I mean, the guy's uh, <laughs> resume speaks for itself. Does he need to suck up to them now? I, that, don't, I, I don't know. You would think not. All right, let's you move. You you let's move to the Houston Astros. Uh, Mr. Springer uh, and the Astros seem to be parting ways. Doesn't look like they're going to come to some type of an agreement. What are you hearing on Springer's front? Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you know, he at some point when he was in the minors, <clears throat> he was offered a major league deal. At least that's the word, and he could have jumped to the majors with a very bad contract and. Uh, you know, that probably didn't sit that well with him. It doesn't feel like he's going back to Houston. They've talked about Ozuna, who actually has uh, 10 teams uh, interested in him. Uh, you know, obviously, had a fantastic, Ozuna had a fantastic year, 18 home runs, 56 RBIs, led the league. Uh, you know, like a lot of players, though, I, I like to see Ozuna go back to their te- his team. Probably said about Yachty, and I, I'm not even sure on Yachty, though. There are going to be other teams that are going to be willing to give him a two-year deal. So I'm not sure that he's staying with St. Louis. Turner, I mean, he's a Dodger through and through. I mean, look at the way all this worked out with his blip on his resume, a mistake. I mean, maybe I'm underplaying it there, but mistake he made, and it feels like it's all copacetic now with the Dodgers, and uh, I think he'll go back. But Springer, a different situation. Uh, I, I think he's as good as gone. We'll, we'll see, of course. Uh, we mentioned the Jays a week or two ago as a team – for Springer looking at center field as well as Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, Boston is from Connecticut, went to UConn. Obviously, Jackie Bradley's a free agent. Philly looking at center field. And, of course, the Mets. They're in on everybody, and they love a center fielder. Uh, you know, they can move Nimmo to a corner, but, you know, they have a lot of good corner players. Between, certainly with uh, McNeil, I think he's a corner outfielder. I mean, he could play the infield as well, but at this point it looks like a corner of Conforto, corner outfielder. Nimmo, obviously, if you move him to the corner, J.D. Davis, probably better in the corner than at third, although he was okay at third. Uh, but uh, the Mets are a fit for Springer as well, and maybe that Connecticut thing, maybe that'll be something for Steve Cohn since he's now a Connecticut guy, although that New York accent was – I love to hear that New York accent on his press conference. I, <laughs> I thought it was a great press conference anyway, but uh, he's got a thicker New York accent than me, so I, I love that. Yeah, I can confirm Springer was offered a big league deal in the minor leagues at that time. He turned yeah. it down for this exact reason. He knew he'd – some he bet on himself. He knew he'd be a, a free agent at some point, and I think that bet's going to pay off. All right, move – we were talking about the Mets – we should talk about the other New York team and the Yankees and uh, their free agent, uh, LeMayu. What are you hearing on that front? Yeah, I mean, the Yankees, this is their number one priority, and he fit them perfectly. Singles hitter, versatile guy, actually showed big power at Yankee Stadium. That park fits him perfectly. Uh, I'm going to be surprised, almost shocked, if he leaves. He is a free agent. He did sign with them for less. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay, I'm – pegged him as somebody who could be great and they were right as usual and uh, maybe they'll be back in it but the price tag has gone up uh, they offered somewhere around that two for 24 million that the Yankees signed him for uh, last time but that price tag is he's got to get at least a three-year deal I believe he's looking for four at least uh, probably four would be he'd take that uh, but uh, uh, you know that might be steep for Tampa San Francisco is, again, a team 
that uh, has the money. I could see that. And, you know, I'm not going to rule out the Mets for LeMayhew. Uh, we've talked about other infielders that they're looking at. Uh, you know, he still plays the infield quite well, very versatile, certainly could play third. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of teams that could use LeMayhew. But, again, if he's not a Yankee, uh, to me, uh, I'll be stunned. I, I just don't I – don't, I, to me, that's the one guy – more, even more than Molina, and probably more than Ozuna, I, I have a hard time seeing him leaving. Not only because he was perfect for them, but because we know they're the Yankees and they have the revenues to get it done. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, the Yankees definitely want to get this LeMahieu uh, deal done because he he was such an asset. And here's this is real quick thought on on LeMahieu because he's gotten better as he's gotten older. And this is the one spot where I think there's, uh, you know, analytics doesn't necessarily do older players a service. I mean, you give up on a guy like the Mayhew uh, too early, you don't get a chance to see him develop the way you have uh, have seen have have you seen him lately. So uh, interesting to see what the Yankees do. Uh, we we haven't talked about uh, Simeon from the Oakland A's. What what are you hearing on his front in terms of free agency? Yeah, his timing was not perfect. He had a fantastic year in 2019, was in the top three, I believe, in the MVP voting in 2019. And, uh, you know, like a lot of players, 2020, it's only 60-game season, did not perform up to his previous uh, resume. And, uh, you know, he may actually opt to do a one-year deal, certainly at a significant salary, uh, to reset the market for himself. I would not be shocked there. Uh, I don't think the A's can afford him at this point. The A's are one of those teams that just seems to have no money at this point. Uh, there are probably uh, several in that category, including uh, Kim Ang's Marlins. Uh, they've already picked up the option for Marte, so they're good for them that they spent there. But uh, obviously, they, they don't have a lot of money. A's, uh, I don't see it for Simeon. I think he'll probably be leaving, even though he's a Bay Area native and also Cal Berkeley product. But uh, I think he's like... Didi the year before he's a one-year high salary reset that'd be my guess on him yeah as always john you're spot on with the insider well that's gonna do it for this week's episode we'll catch you next week as the hot stove gets a little bit hotter remember you can follow us both on twitter i'm at tony Gwynn jr he's at john Heyman. and again now you can follow this show big time baseball on twitter follow us at rdc underscore btb make sure you subscribe rate and review big time baseball on itunes spotify or wherever you find your favorite podcast 